Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey there, and welcome to the podcast. This is Kristen. Hey, this is Molly. Molly, uh, birth control has been in some news this week. Uh, the week that we're recording, the big headline is that the Senate passed the $410 billion omnibus bill and all of the earmarks that have gone into it have been, you know, controversial news item of the week. But one of those earmarks uh, is a good thing for women who are on birth control, and that is the Affordable Birth Control Act. Right. Okay. And tell me about it, Kristen. Well, the net net of the Affordable Birth Control Act is that birth control from health clinics, community health clinics and college clinics will be cheaper. So that's good. That is good. But Kristen, have you heard all these people who, you know, say this part of the bill doesn't help me and this part of the bill doesn't help me? Mm-hmm. Have there been any men who have come out of the woodwork and said this part of the bill, this birth control part does not help me? Well, Molly, I cannot exactly answer that question because I have not done any personal surveys of men and I, and I haven't heard of any men talking about it in the news. But uh, that might be because when it comes to birth control, it's sort of uh, it's sort of a woman's thing. Right. Women, by and large, more responsible for birth control. And think of all the birth control options women have. We've got the pill, got the patch, rings, shots, all sorts of things. But what do men have, Kristen? Two things. Two things. They got they got condoms. Mm-hmm. The old snip, snip. Vasectomy. The vasectomy. <laughs> um, not, not a whole lot of options. Yeah, pretty limited. But for years and years, we've always heard this thing that in five years, there's going to be male birth control Mm -hmm. in five years In five years. And we're going to talk today about why this five years may never come ever. Right. So birth control hit the markets. uh, And then, you know, in the 1960s and today, around 18 million American women take it. So that that's a pretty heavy burden that women are, are are shouldering for preventing unwanted pregnancies. It's sort of up to sort of up to us to decide whether or not you know that's going to happen. Because while condoms, you know, m- men can use condoms, but they're not 
as effective as female birth control. Right. Females do have the luxury of having birth control options. They're 99% effective, Mm -hmm. more than 99% effective. And men don't have that option. But, you know, we're, we're a marketplace in this country. It seems like people should be rushing to the market with something that's 99% effective for men. Give men that choice. Right. So let's talk about the progress that's been made, because obviously we're a country of entrepreneurs. People have tried to do this. There have been studies and studies. Oh, yeah. I mean, sorry. (laughs) Right. As far as research into male birth control, there are really two options. You can go the hormonal route, as with female birth control, or you can go the non-hormonal route. So the first thing that uh, researchers looked into were hormones and specifically testosterone. Right. And so this would be, first they looked at a pill format because what's good for the female is good for the male. If a man took a pill of testosterone, what would happen? It would shut down their sperm because basically how sperm production works in the male is that testosterone releases the sperm, but eventually there's something in the brain that shuts off that sperm production, tells the brain there's enough sperm. Mm -hmm. So if you took an excess of testosterone, it would do that. It would say constantly to the brain, you have enough sperm, don't make any more. But extra testosterone does not have the most pleasant side effects. We're talking acne, weight gain, prostate gland growth, and abnormal liver function. So instead of testosterone, they look to another hormone called progestogen. And if you are a woman who takes birth control, this might sound familiar to you because it is a hormone also found in female birth control. And progestogen kind of does the same thing as testosterone in uh, in men and in that it would shut down sperm production. It also has some side effects like shutting down male sexuality altogether. Basically just creating this really effeminate male. That'd be pretty hard to market, I think. I think so, too. Like we said, another sort of roundabout form of birth control. So there have been studies of trying to mash these together. Could you do something where the man got the testosterone, but then also got the progestogen to kind of counteract the mm-hmm. And what they were thinking was you would get actually progestogen implants and then you would have to go in for, for shots of testosterone on a regular basis. I mean, all right, Molly, let's, let's face it. That's too much work. That's kind of, it's a kind of scary prospect. Implants in your arm plus shots as opposed to taking a pill. Not quite the same thing. That's hard to market. That's yeah. a little too time consuming. Um, but one company, one ph- pharmaceutical company was really looking into this. They were pouring a lot of research money into it and it's since kind of disappeared. All right. We'll talk about that later. The, the barriers to actually getting mm-hmm. these things to the market. But as you can see, it's pretty time consuming process for these hormonal things. Not to mention that if a male was on a hormonal birth control, it would take months and months to kick in. Exactly. Females have the luxury that pretty much, you know, as soon as you're on the pill for a week, they say, you know, you're good to go. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's go non-hormonal. What can we do that doesn't mess with men's bodies the way that our hormones do? Well, researchers at the University of Massachusetts thought that the key to male birth control was something called the CS protein. And the CS protein is the trigger that causes the tails on sperm to grow as they are exiting the penis. Right. So basically, if you block the CS protein, you make all these sperm bad swimmers. Right. They're not, it doesn't kill the sperm. You're still, the men are still producing all these millions and millions 
and millions of 120 million. (laughs) But they just can't really go anywhere. They can't go anywhere. They, they, they're stuck. Yeah. So good idea, right? I mean, I like it. Yeah. They, they wasn't going to have many side effects like all these hormones, but they can't find an enzyme that will block that protein. So bummer. Good idea, but. Not quite into practice yet. Now, another option that scientists have been going forward studying, Kristen, is uh, taking on the immune system. All right. So what they do is there's this protein called epin, which is in the testes and the epididymis. And that sort of makes the sperm mature and uh, readies them for their trip outside the body. And basically what scientists at the University of Washington have been able to do is to immunize monkeys against epin. So once you have an immune response to epin, then you're infertile, basically. It's a temporary kind of, you know, cut off of the epin. And then when you stop getting these injections that make you immune to epin, you're good to go again. Molly, all of this sounds, all this sounds really great. We've got all these hormonal options, these non-hormonal options. What do we have in the marketplace? Nothing. Nothing. So that's the question. The big question is why? What is, what has happened? Um, According to the pharmaceutical companies, the simplest answer to that question is money. They don't have it. They're not going to get it for this product. Well, they're just uh, a lot of the research funding for male birth control has simply been cut off. Um, like I mentioned before, the progestogen implants and testosterone shot combo uh, has been totally abandoned by the pharmaceutical company that was that was looking into it. And. They say that they're cutting off the funding because, you know, they, they just don't think that they could sell it to men. You know, they, who, you know, none of, none of these guys are going to want to have to take birth control and essentially render themselves infertile. I disagree, Kristen, and I have numbers on my side. All right. There was a study conducted by the Kaiser Family Foundation that said that two thirds of American men would be willing to try a pill that would, you know, take the burden off their lady friends. Well, so. So it's a mystery. It's like we've got one group saying one thing and another saying another. Well, Molly, we have to, I think we do have to, uh, have to address the fact that looking for a male birth control option is kind of a different animal from looking for female birth control because females, we've got one egg to tackle every month. All right. Like clockwork, more or less. Men? <laughs> what was that number that you threw out earlier, Molly? 120 million. That's more than three times the population of California. Fun fact. And that is the number of sperm that a man ejaculates every time. That's right. Insane. My mind is boggled right now. I'm kind of (laughs) struggling for words. So you can see the problem that scientists are up against. It is sort of a monumental study to get this right mix of hormones or non-hormonal methods to work that block that many sperm. Mm -hmm. So it's a, it's a huge, it's a huge undertaking. Um, and uh, well, unfortunately, I guess, or however, fortunately, or unfortunately, whichever side of the fence you're standing on, the funding from pharmaceutical companies is just drying up. But Kristen, you know, I think that if something worked completely, like, you know, we said, it would, we would just be at market already. But like, you know, as you just pointed out, it's 120 million sperm. Yeah. We just haven't had a study yet of all these great ideas that's 100% effective. In some of the effectiveness studies on male birth control, the men who it worked on, it worked 100% of the time. Awesome. But at the same time, they found that around 10 to 15% of the men 
taking these forms of birth control were not affected at all. And that is a big slice of the pie. That's huge. And like you said, if we're dealing with 120 million sperm, we need something that's a pretty much 100% effectiveness. Yeah, but there are, I mean, Molly, I think that we have to, to mention a few uh, sort of renegade, if you will, um, male birth control options that are being developed right now. Thanks to an article in Popular Science magazine, um, you want me to throw out a couple of these uh, these kind of interesting and slightly futuristic options they're looking at? Right. I, I think these are things that have come out since the article on our site was written. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a option for a sperm plug. Mm. These tiny sperm plugs are made from the same silicone as uh, artificial joints, and they would basically block the sperm from exiting out of the penis on their epic journey. Um, then we've also got remote control. You've got, listen, check this one out, Molly. Doctor inserts a thin piece of silicone embedded with circuits. Um, and then the circuits convert radio signals to acoustic waves that then um, cause the silicone material to expand and block the sperm. So it's kind of like a souped up version of those, of those silicone plugs that I just talked about. Well, men do love remote controls. Uh, yeah, but maybe not in their penis. <laughs> and there's something, this is my, my favorite nickname is, uh, Drano. It's this, yeah, it's a, it's a gel inserted into the penis that scrambles the pH level in the sperm cell membranes that basically dissolves the sperm on their way out. And finally, we have an ultrasound that would shut down sperm production for, say, six months or so. Right. You go and get an ultrasound and it basically scrambles your insides. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, these are some more options that, <laughs> I mean, they're in production. Uh, there's actually a study, the Indian government, according to this popular science article, is funding a long-term study of that, uh, of that Drano gel. Well, so keep an eye out for that. Maybe we'll see, maybe we'll see sperm Drano coming out soon. I hope they change the name before that happens. <laughs> it might, yeah, it might be better for marketing. Um, but I think until we see these options, obviously we're all going to hold on to our birth control packs because I'm just going to leave you with this last number, 120 million. 120 million. So if you want to learn any more about the 120 million sperm and male birth control and female birth control and all that birds and bees information, you can check out in articles on HowStuffWorks.com. And if you'd like to send us a question or a comment, you can email me and Molly at MomStuff at HowStuffWorks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it is closer than you think. 
it can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions.